For our feature interview this week, we talked to John Kinsella from Limerick, and I can't wait to hear John's story because just listen to this set of results for 2022. First senior Irish mountain running cap with the team in Gerladan. World Masters running world championships, team gold and individual silver and fastest Irish time of the day on the course in 46, 50, 46 minutes 59 seconds. Munster Marathon, first place at the Limerick Marathon in 2 hours 32 and fourth overall. Wins on the road in the Bilboa AC 10k and in Magaluf in the 10k there as well with a superb 10k time at 31.10. Chicago Marathon, first Irishman home there in 2 hours 26 and a massive PB in the top 100 out of 40,000 competitors and to top off the year, gold in the men's over 40 team competition at the British and Irish Cross Country Masters in Dublin. What a year, what a runner. Let's dial John in. John, you're very welcome to the show. And John, I've been looking forward to talking to you all year, really, watching all these results coming in. So uh, it's it's a great it's great to talk to you and great to finally have you on Trail Running Ireland. You're very welcome, John. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I've seen all the lads um been on in the past. I've been listening away to their podcast as well. It's been uh it's been a good listen. It's good to um, get on. I, I know, great to have you, John. And, and very few of the guys and the girls that have been on, certainly in the last year or two, have had such a spectacular, consistent twelve months as yourself. And um, it, it's been an incredible year. I mentioned just in the intro before we came on the results that you had, but maybe to start off, John, can we go right back? And even before, say, you got to your adult life and had the weight issues, what I wanted to ask was, was there any signs when you were small growing up, playing football, playing gar or whatever it was, you know, were, were you fast in school? Were you a good runner? Um, and obviously you have this incredible mental determination as well. So was there any clues when you were smaller that you might be capable of great things? I don't remember anything particular. Like I wasn't, I wasn't winning races in school or anything. I never ran like, but um, like I was always, I grew up, I grew up in the city, like Limerick City. I grew up in um, South Hill, crazy place, like you know, uh, totally different hill from what I'm running on now. But it was like a big concrete jungle, like so. I've been like we were out playing like opposite of what kids do now. We were out climbing things and jumping things and walking everywhere and just playing soccer all day like and I used to walk to school as a kid like maybe three or four kilometers out and back like every day my school bag on my back and then maybe six kilometers to the um to secondary school so they're all I suppose that's probably the foundation um that left me run the way I am now because um I I, I didn't see anything back then to, to indicate that it could be fast yeah, well, that's uh, even for back in the 80s, uh, a three or four mile walk to school with those big heavy school bags on your back. I think we can all remember those days. But even three or four miles is a good spin for, for a young kid or a young teenager. And and I suppose it wasn't a straightforward transition from being a, a, a teenager or like, like a lot of us who are maybe footballers or camogie players or basketballers who then kind of drift into running. You, you, you got to this stage in your life, John, where you, you became overweight, 103 kilos, 17 stone is some of the figures that I saw you mentioned before. Um, maybe talk to us about how you got to that weight and then the moment where you said, oh, enough is enough. I just can't 
be at this weight anymore? Yeah, like soccer was my outlet growing up and um, I, I love playing soccer. I was always trying to play it like, and I was okay. Like I played maybe in the Premier League in Limerick, the local, we'll say junior soccer league. And um, mm. I remember I got injured when I was probably about 25, I playing out outfield in a five-side match because I was a goalkeeper. And uh, I kind of, uh, I lost my position in the, the Premier team then. And then I just started kind of signing for teams in lower division stuff, just taking it easy, really. And um, and I suppose kind of got to my early 30s then and I had a few kind of niggly injuries and stuff. And I couldn't really commit then to getting to a level that I wanted to commit. And it was kind of that, like running with um, soccer was my outlet. Like, and when you kind of come to a realization then that, you know, you're not going to actually do something good with this, you kind of just kind of you fall out of love with the sport, like, and you, you just stay away from it. Like, and um, I had no other outlet to do anything. And um, I just like the way it just kind of piled on, didn't like, because I, I kind of just settled into. Mindset that that was it now, like as in I had a child um, on the way, and I thought this is my life now. It's kind of I'm done, like you know I'm just gonna be a dad and go to work, and and that's it. And that that was my sport and life over. Like that's that's the mindset I had at the time. Like, and yeah. and I say a lot of people, John, kind of fall into that trap if you like, where yeah they kind of they get the steady job and the kids come along and. You know, they're just they, they think that oh that's it, I'm finished now, I'm 30, or just sit back for the next 30 years. But but thankfully, uh, I think with the help maybe was it of one of your colleagues in work who discovered was it the Great Limerick Run yeah. that uh, sparked a, a bit of an interest and uh, and that helped get you out of it. Yeah, like like I said, I used to play soccer and I used to meet the lads. We used to play cards every year and. Um, we used to meet once a year. We never used to see each other. Like, cause you know, when you start working, you get older and you kind of drift away from people you grew up with as well. But we always used to meet every year to play cards. And I remember I went up one year and uh, they haven't seen me for a while. And I, I probably put on about two stone, like in uh, maybe a year, 15 months. And I got some uh, constructive criticism from the lads, you know, as lads do. Like, yeah. and, uh, I kind of, we were up playing cards all night and obviously having a few drinks. I, I just woke up the next morning then. I had a bit of a, a sore head, like, and I just said, you know what, I need to just do something, like, uh, with my life because, um, I, you know, I, I wasn't happy in myself, you know, and um, because, like I said, I was always kind of involved with soccer. I always had that bit of um, outlet to, mm-hmm. you know, focus on and whether it was who we're playing next week and where you are in the league and stuff. But when that's gone then, it's very easy, like I said, it's very easy to find a trap and just kind of give up on yourself. And uh, that's what happened. And But I think I, I just woke up that morning and I just thought I need to change. Like before I was even running. So I just said, I'm going to lose weight. I start going to the gym to try to do a bit, a bit of um, weightlifting and stuff like that. And um, I, I lost about two stone pretty fast. Like I just kind of did a kind of a calorie deficit diet and I was eating the super healthy food. Um, making milkshakes with water and broccoli and you know, all sorts of things with low calorie but high nutrition and uh, the weight just kind of fell off to a certain point and then my colleague in work who I used to go down and do a few weights with he he seen the sign for like seven weeks to go for the Great Limit Run so he asked me 
I fancy doing that, like, and I said, oh, I, I know I'm interested in running. Like, I wasn't a fan of running. And that's why I, I ended up being a goalkeeper. So <laughs> we did the run, and, yeah, we ended up doing, I think, 9K for a finish. Uh, it took us about an hour and two minutes. Like, I think it was, like, 10-minute miles or something anyway. But yeah, when we finished, I was like... I, I was like, I feel good. I felt like I keep going, like, and I was thinking, if I did nine k, surely I can do ten k, and uh, I, I'm gonna start from there. Then, and uh, I just trained for the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, six and a half weeks to limit run. I went out and yeah. did it, and I did uh, around sub forty. I think came twenty fifth or something out of two or three thousand people, like. So I think after that, I just kind of realised then I have, a, <laughs> I could be, I could be good at this, like, and um, it gave me kind of new focus, you know. Yeah, and is it a funny how, like, a lot of, I think, footballers that finish their football career and they become runners, a lot of them tend to be maybe, you know, sentiment field players or wingers or strikers who are running around the pitch all the time. And, you know, you might get a bit of a clue, oh, well, that guy has a bit of an engine on them, the typical box-to-box player. But it's funny how you said that you hated running, you were a goalkeeper, you didn't like running at all. But, you know, you're either just born with this, you know, VO2 max gift or whatever way you want to dress it up. Um, and you, you, thankfully, you discovered that, yeah, that you had this talent for for running. Yeah, I think, I, it, like I said, I definitely, when I look back now, I definitely think my childhood uh, growing up had a lot to do with it. Um, obviously, genetics play a part, like, but, um, you know, being active all the time when you're young, it's, it definitely helps you in the future if you decide to do something. You know the way people always say athletics is a good base um, to do to do any sport. I, I think that's definitely true because you kind of build up all this um, all these benefits that you get that you need to be a good runner in the future. Like and definitely what I was doing as a kid definitely helped towards that. Like and it's just like you know it's just about discovering it. Then I guess. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully anybody that's listening in that might have a friend or family in, in a similar situation that some of the diets are great, but most of them aren't sustainable, that they might last for a couple of months, like they did with yourself. They work to a certain extent, but then what, what can often work very, very well long-term is, yeah, to, to become a runner, to become a jogger in whatever format it is, whether it's three days a week or six days a week, and that can provide a, a, a lifetime solution to, to lots of different health problems. Yeah, I, I think running out for me is kind of like a handbrake. So if I choose to eat like bad food, I can eat what I want because I can just up my mileage and I can use running as like the, the handbrake of, you know, the balance of calorie in versus out. Like it's, that's mm-hmm. the good thing about running. You can actually, you don't have to feel guilty about eating something because you know that you can just do extra couple of miles here and there and um, you actually enjoy eating and you, you enjoy training then as well because it's, you know, it's a benefit like, yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you start running, John, and, you know, you get quicker and quicker. You're progressing nicely. But then just maybe as you're about to take off and get to the maybe to the top end of the, of the club scene on a national level, in 2017, about I think two years after you start, you get a radial tear of the meniscus. And I'm sure that must have been heartbreaking and maybe even gave you a bit of a fright a bit of a scare that oh shit I'm is that my running career over now and um, was that John in the mountain race that we did together in the Masters World Mountain Championships or, or was it either side of that it was before that yeah it was actually it was down a race called the Paps I actually ended up coming forth in the same race <laughs> it was a yeah. crazy race 
But um, we, um, I remember the race started off and um, Des Kennedy was there and Des went out like, uh, he took off up the hill and you could only see maybe 10 feet ahead of you. And we got up to the mast before the marshal because, you know, we, we, were, we were going fast enough. Like, we got up before the marshal anyway. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't listen to the, I think it was Robbie or someone who gave the instructions. And uh, that's another tip, listen to the instructions and start the race. And the instructions were us to go right at the cairn. But um, the group boys, we didn't really listen. So we went straight on and it, we kind of came off this rocky kind of, um, rocky kind of shaly side of the mountain. And I just, I remember just sliding down. And, you know, you tried to correct yourself. And I just went over and kind of sat down back on my heel then. And I, that's when I tore my meniscus, like, and um, I... I, I, I thought it was just, you know, um, like a muscle kind of tear. So I kept, I kept doing the race, like, and um, I remember getting back to maybe one clamour to go and everyone was lost. Like, um, I think the top two were gone on, but everyone else in the other positions, no one knew how to get back because it was, it was so hard to see. And then some guy figured it out. So I, st I started racing then again like that. And uh, I ended up coming forward anyway, but I, I knew after that, um, something was wrong I was in pain and um I was in pain for a while and after about two weeks then I got the x-ray and stuff like that and they told me it was um radial uh, meniscus tear so I had to go up to Santry and get an operation like I had it scheduled in and uh I, I could still run uphill um after oh, wow. a couple of weeks without, pain, without pain yeah all right so I thought like I had this uh I had this master's uh, event paid for in Austria so I thought, you know what, my, my career now is over, like, um, I'll just go over there and um, I'll just go over running because it's uphill and it's not going to be any problem for me. Um, I, won't, I won't run at my best, like, whatever, but I, at least I go out on a high, like, that was my, my mindset, like, so I was going over there thinking, this is it now, I'll go over and enjoy it, like, and uh, that's the first time I met you, actually, over there, and you were yeah. doing all these you were like a, a pro doing all these stretches, like, I can't have been my leg and this was like, you know, it's like, Oh, you were you were you were showing lads how to do stretches and stuff. I was like, Jesus! If I tried to do that, I get injured more. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a great day, John. And uh, I think the the stretches must have worked. We were world champions, I think, that day. Uh, we with a couple yeah. of gold medals between all the Irish masters. That was over. It was a great weekend. Yeah. Uh, a great crack. Um, and yeah. but you but you got over it, John. Anyway, or was it hard to get over that? Did you just get the head down, get the rehab in? Yeah, and then I, got, got I, got, I got the operation. So I woke up and and then the guy told me like, I thought it like from you know when you Google stuff that you you'll be able to come back like, but maybe it depends on where the issue is really. And um, I woke up anyway, and uh, he taught me he took fifty percent of the medial side out. So I didn't know how my leg was going to be when I started training on it like, and um, and thankfully it's kind of now this needed got the the operation that's that's my good knee now like so it's it's hanging in there i don't know how long it's hanging in there that's the reason why i'm kind of trying everything and i'm trying to make the most of it like because um you know you just never know and running um could get injured there and that could be it like so i'm very appreciative of uh, any races i get to do now like that's why i kind of do everything um instead but, of going one yeah, well, well, that's what I was going to get there now, like 2022 and that list of incredible results. And I suppose the, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, John, today was 
you know, since say that period where you, you got the knee operation, you recovered from it, you know, from 2018 to this great year, you've been building, 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 building all the time. And could you talk us through maybe, I don't know, what your training philosophy is, if you have one, if you have a coach, what are the key sessions you do, mileage, all that type of stuff that, you know, myself and the listeners might be able to take from you, take a few tips and apply it to our own training, because whatever you've been doing over the last couple of years with that dodgy knee (laughs) included, it it worked this year and like it's the type of year that we'd all dream of having like success on the mountains success on the roads um what what were the the building blocks for it john over the last couple of years i suppose um getting things wrong i got i got a lot of things wrong um i used to go back to the start of the year i went off to like goladan and um i was I was trying a few things in my diet. Um, I lost, I lost probably. I went down to my lowest weight. I went down to, I, I was about sixty nine kilos for the race, and I haven't been sixty nine kilos since I was uh, at uh, my teenage years or my early twenties. And yeah. um, I remember doing the race, and I wasn't, I wasn't strong there. I thought I was going to be better for it, but I wasn't. Um, kind of, kind of took that on board that um, it's probably more important to get to a race strong. And not worry about what the, the scales tell you you are, you know. Um, so definitely with regards to diet, um, I definitely consumed a lot of calories and I didn't worry about um, saving. Um, and I didn't worry about my diet, basically. I just gave up worrying about my diet and just focused on the running. So mm-hmm. I, um, I don't have a coach. Um, I work I work 12-hour shifts and I work a five-cycle shift in work, so... I find it very hard to stick to a plan. I don't follow your plan at all. I just I just make it up probably day by day. <laughs> yeah. Um, it depends on what I'm feeling and depending who I meet for a run. Like, and if I meet one of the lads doing road, and I'll just ask them what they're doing. And like, I, I'd often meet lads there that are doing maybe mile sessions, and they could be running four or fifty a mile, and uh, it'd be a bit too hot for me. So I'd probably jump in and do one kilometer with them at that pace. And that way, then I'd. I'd have someone to train with and I get a lot out of it. Like, mm, and, Yeah. Um, and would you include, say, at least one long run every seven day period, whether it's on the road or the trails? And are we talking an hour and a half or are we talking two and a half hours? Or, or Yeah. When, you... when, I was, when I wanted to run under 230, I'd always make sure my long ones were going up around the two hour, 30 minute range anyway. And okay. uh, I, might throw, I might throw something fast on at the end if I was doing a road one. If I was going to mountains, I did a lot of mountain sessions this year. I met Enda. Enda was coming down from Dublin. And yeah. when I look back at our training now, we were we were basically racing and training. Like, so we were, we were discussing that yesterday like that. We were definitely, like, if if I went back over my dad, I know we'd probably be in the red zone, like, for an hour. You know, it's, it's way too much, like, and... We were doing a lot of, we'll say, racing in our training. But definitely, I'm going to change and some of the things going forward next year with regards to how I apply my road running kind of philosophies but I uh, try to apply them onto the hills which is you know target the right zones and instead of going out and try to race every session yeah well I mean the what you were doing in the mountains John it worked because you had this incredible result in Clonmel at the World Masters where you were the fastest Irish male athlete from all the categories uh, just under 47 minutes the only Irish runner under 47 minutes on that course so whatever you were doing on the hills it was working so well and uh, maybe the question on that one is 
did you train specifically for the world masters or did you find that just it was just a combination of doing kilometer reps in the road meeting then for those tempo runs in the mountains um, and just it all just worked out perfectly for you um oh yeah i think actually what happened was in the if we go back with we'll say three three months before let's we'll say chicago and two months before um Tamil, I wanted to run Chicago and obviously I wanted to do well in the mountains. So it was kind of hard to find the balance. So I I was in, you know, if you take a traditional base approach, you take in your hills and you do your endurance stuff. So yeah. I was doing, I wasn't really, I wasn't really classing that as a base pace because I was actually doing a lot of races uh, in my races. And like I said, I was meeting in there for a lot of hard sessions. So I, I went, I did a lot of hills for, we'll say the base phase. And, um, what happened then is when I went, I went on holidays to Poland for four weeks um, with herself and um, there was no hills. I mean, it's the flattest, where where I uh, live over there, it's like the flattest, flattest place you can find. There's, there's no hills whatsoever. And I actually did no hill running. Um, I just focused on the road stuff there, um, threshold and kilometre repeats and 800 repeats. And um, I think that's probably why you're in good on the hills because I didn't overdo it then because I didn't have any hills to train on over there I probably would have tried to overcompensate and um, train too hard on the hills so I, I think I actually ended up training myself will say better because I was training I was using my heart rate and I was training training myself and getting myself ready uh, regardless of what kind of race was coming up so I think I went into the mountain race then as, um, as fit as I could be you know, and uh, I think it's good to me anyway, like. Well, it's funny, John, because you might have heard Zach a couple of weeks ago just after the World Championships and the great result that he had there. Zach was saying that he did no sessions on the hills this year at all. Sure, lots of easy runs, recovery runs, long runs, but all his interval work and his tempo runs were on the flat, very similar to yourself. And Zach had his best result ever in the World Championships. And you were the first Irishman home in the Worlds in Clonmel. So it's just another example of to get fast on the hills, you maybe need to be fast on the flat first. Yeah, I, I think looking back over my own training now, because like we all have this, we all have data, we all have Strava and um, Garmin Connect. And we, you know, you have so much uh, information there that you can go back over and make yourself um, a better runner. Like you can look where you got it right and uh, see what the kind of training pattern was going into it. Like, and that's something I, I did for Chicago. And I look back over my old races and I, I looked like I was doing too much. Um, and I was going into red with, say, if you, you go by my watch, I was, I was just training too hard. And I was saying on the hills, I was um, like racing every session, like trying to, um, you know, like, I was saying yesterday to Enda, like if if you're doing that, you, you you don't really give yourself anywhere to go once the train is done because you just already have to push yourself to the max. Like, but if you can if you can train the right zones, it's hard to do on the hills though. I haven't mastered that, but if you can train in the right zones, you'll definitely have a platform to go further, you know, and um, peak. Yeah. With it's sometimes hard, isn't it, when you're doing say one k reps, say you know six by one k or eight by one k. It's hard to stay underneath that anaerobic threshold, isn't it? Because you want to be getting to 5K pace or 10K pace. And you can maybe sustain that type of interval work for, what, four or five weeks. But if you're doing seven or eight weeks of that zone four, zone five, VO2 max type work, it just leaves you very fatigued, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. Yeah, and you don't realize it till I suppose you go into the race and you're probably wandering in like you, you you're thinking I train so hard, but I haven't really performed a much better than my training. Like you know. Okay. You, yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of nearly racing, getting the same results in races as you were yeah. racing against Edna, for example. Yeah, I, I was like, I know by my effort like that, I was like pushing really hard like and you know like seven you go back over the data after and you see your heart rate was in the red like for 30 minutes maybe twice like if you did two reps on the hill you know and um that that's fine doing it when it matters like i suppose in the race you know i think going forward like definitely going to try and um try keep the real hard ones for the important uh important days like i think that's yeah. definitely definitely something sure. that to me in chicago when i went there as well like um I, I felt very strong. I did my fastest 10K, like, in the last 10K line. That, that's the first time I ever finished that strong in the race, you know. Well, you did your fastest 10K, um, a 10K PB in the Chicago Marathon in the, over no, the last 10K? Just, just, just in terms of the, in the race, like, you know. The marathon, like, oh, okay, marathon, yeah, in, yeah, within that 10K split, yeah. Because it, it was 2.26, wasn't it? It was superb, 2.26. Yeah, and just after Clonmel. So, what was that transition like, John, from the the Masters in Clonmel to Chicago? Because I'm sure it's something that a lot of the listeners do. They have their mountain season, and then they might go for maybe Dublin Marathon a couple of weeks after their summer mountain season. So, you came off the mountains, and then did you just do all flat work then to get ready yeah. for Chicago? And obviously, feeling so strong from a couple of weeks in the mountains beforehand. Yeah, I think when you when you get a small bit of success, it gives you a bit of confidence and it kind of takes off a bit of pressure as well because you're not going in didn't thinking I have to do well here because I didn't I did bad there, you know. And uh, when you after Clamella, I was I was I was kind of happy like and definitely took a lot of pressure off and then like I said I could focus on my training. Didn't I didn't have to try overtrain like if I had a bad result in Clamella. I might have been thinking that I wasn't trained enough to run a fast time in Chicago, so I might have tried to push myself too hard. So it, it actually gave me confidence just to, you know, like, Camel was, mountain runs are hard. Like, now I just need to run flat on flat road, and yeah. it's a lot easier. Um, mentally, it's a lot easier as well, like, because you can stay and cruise on at a certain pace. Like, it, it definitely, that's that's the good thing about the hills. Like you get that mental benefit of pushing yourself when your body is telling you stop. Like, and you don't really feel that in a marathon till near the end of it. Like, but you you get to taste in in mountain races all the time. Yeah, and what do you think, John, helped keep you injury free for the last twelve months? Because, like, if you look through the set of results, you know, wins on the road in ten k's in Bilbao AC ten k over Magaluf ten k, couple of wins in Poland, and um, you had it the Limerick Marathon in the first half of the year as well at two thirty two and first Munsterman home fourth overall, then the World Masters Mountain Running Championships, and um, it goes on and on, and then the the British and Irish cross-country masters it's a couple of weeks ago in Dublin as well and you've got through it all um, w- w- apart from the training that we've just spoken about um, is there anything you're doing to, to keep the injuries away or is it just actually maybe just combining the mountains and the roads that's just helping you mix it up you know no stride is the same no day is the same and that's helping to keep you healthy I think so yeah because if you look at what I don't do I don't like I, I do zero stretching. I mean, like my, my stretching would probably be something I'd probably do in the soccer before a match, like is like something 
you know, you lift the leg up at the back and stuff. I do, I don't do, I do absolutely no stretching. I don't do any core. I don't do anything at all like that. And uh, that's something I want to do, but I'm kind of limited with my time in work and stuff. If I have to go, because I, I usually train on my lunch break. So I'm going out running 10 Ks on my break. I have 45 minutes and um, mm. I have to maximize my time there. I don't have, and then I'm back in on the floor. I'm in a, a full clean room suit. I don't have time to do anything else. Like, and I'm yeah. like, you know, 12 hours is a long time in the day. So I've kind of gotten used to training without stretching and sometimes I'll just come out the door uh, I'll swipe out I'm out and I, I, I press the watch and I'm gone off and I'm, I'm running 5.30 pace tempo you know no warm up or nothing and I think my muscles have got resilient from that and that's probably why I think and you know the, definitely the conditioning from the hills because it's not from stretching anyway the hills definitely play a part in it because uh, with regards to if you, if you look at traditional training plans you have like do some bounding and strides and stuff, but um, the hills cover all that. Right? So I don't bother with any of that stuff. I just yeah. I, I the hills to I use the hills as my gym, like basically, and um, then I, I I mix it up with the road stuff. If I'm feeling like if I had a a tight hamstring or something that would stop me from running fast, let's say eight hundred or one k rep, I would just um go up and do do the same session on the mountains, like where I wouldn't have to stretch my um quad or hamstring. That too far you know and I get the same workout aerobically like so that's that's something I do like I, I kind of just I do my training specific to what I think I can do if I think I, I'm my legs are feeling fresh I can run fast I'll do I'll do something fast on the road and um, I'll mix it up then if I have to you know yeah I, I tell you I think that might be actually a bit of gold that you said there and it's something that you really don't hear um, you know coaches say or whatever that if, if you're planning to do something fast on the road, but you have a bit of a niggle, maybe you could do the same type of intensity interval session on hills where, as you said, you're not going to use your hamstrings or your calves to the same extent, but you can still get the same power output that you would have been doing in the flat, but doing on the mountains instead and get the heart rate right up, but you're protecting your legs to, to a certain extent. So a, a great alternative to anybody who has a bit of a niggle, who wanted to do six by one K on the roads, do six by three minutes on the on the hills instead. Yeah, definitely because some like some days I wake up and you know like people people look at us runners and they think we're super fit and we're fast. But when I wake up most mornings, I feel like an old man. You know, I'm, I'm I wake yeah. some pains everywhere. Like, but I know yeah. like as soon as I go out and do a session, that I I it just I start to open up my body, just starts to open up naturally. Like, and um, definitely like I said, if I did have niggles. Yeah, some days I feel like I can barely walk like and I just go up around the hills and I'm running up Keeper Hill or something like and you know you have four or five miles up to the summit and it's all up and um you're not you're not overstretching or anything like that and you're 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 getting the, the workout done like so it's definitely it is definitely a good thing to do for people who who are getting worried like that they can't run fast kilometers on the track or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, we mentioned all all those great races, John, this year. Um, what was your 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 hardest race of all those races? And then, is there a difference between then what was your most enjoyable race? Are they the same one, or are they two different races? Oh well, I suppose this year definitely in Goladan. Um, I wasn't I wasn't ready for the course at all, and. Um, I, I, like I said, I went into it a bit weak and uh, just totally just 
I just I'd pick myself up up off the ground two or three times. Like my legs were just cramped up, and I couldn't even walk. Some some stage of dress, like I just had to throw myself on the ground to try straighten my legs out. I everything just seized up on me, and I don't know what it was like. Um, just just couldn't figure it out. Like, and that that was definitely the worst race. As in, I went over like you know you had you had people there like Laura Flynn and stuff helping out and. Um, the them uh, like putting on all these things to you. So you want to perform like for all those people who are you know are, are making it making it easy for you like to run. And then when you go over and you don't run, like um, I was very disappointed after that. Like, and that's definitely probably um something that's always in the back of my head. Like in terms of um bad races, like um oh I I I, I kind of made up for it as the year went on, like because it was more determined, like but. Yeah, absolutely. That was, my, that was my worst race, and I think I think Chicago, Chicago, I think was definitely my best race, um, because everything went right for me, and um, I I I never to be honest, I never thought I'd be able to run two twenty six, and um, I was kind of vlogging about it, like saying that I'd go under two thirty, and that's what my training was for, and then I got to twenty miles, and like I said, I had all that strength build up and stuff. And um, I just started going faster, like, and put the foot down. Usually at that stage, like, I'm, I'm holding on, you know, but I got it right there, and uh, I was, it was, uh, it was perfect for me, like. And yeah, uh, and how was the trip over, John? Because I know when I'm kind of thinking about maybe running the marathon next year, I'm thinking, oh, will I bring the kids over, or if I bring the whole family over, will that affect the performance? Will jet lag affect the performance, especially when there's so much on the line? in a marathon you know that's why it's so easy just to, to run in dublin for example or to maybe just to go across to london or to berlin and um, were you affected at all by the trip over to chicago obviously not because you got the you got the dream result yeah like I, to be honest when i went over i went over a couple of days before it and um you know because we're our bodies are maybe six or seven hours ahead from the time zone and um when you get over there you're still up like you're going to bed maybe 10 o'clock but in your body is like six or seven o'clock in the morning so you actually the good thing about going over is you can sleep good and you will sleep good and um like for chicago you'll have to get up four o'clock in the morning if you want to have your breakfast three hours before the race because the race goes off at seven or seven thirty which is so, fine if you're on irish time <laughs> yeah so okay. that's the only positive but um i don't know I, I never seem to find the right food in america and i i when it comes to me for eating i just need like i just Play a noodles and play rice and porridge. They're the only things I eat for a rest, like a big rest. <laughs> and it was hard enough to find things like that over there. And thankfully, we had a microwave in the hotel, like so. I I, I picked up some noodles and um, you know, just plain simple food. It cost me about two euro, and that's all I need, like, and that's all yet the day before the rest is um, carbo loaded. Work the trees. Loaded, yeah, and um, like the day before the rest, there was a five k on, and I only signed up for it like um. I thought I was going to just jog around and um, cause, uh, like I didn't know what time I was going for when I registered for it in Chicago. But when I wanted to kind of run a fast time, then I said, I'll just use this 5k as a shakeout before. And uh, I ended up getting talking to Galen up before the race. All right. He was just up at the front of the race. He was like an ambassador. I was chatting away to him anyway. And Abdi, Abdi Ram and a couple of these Olympians like, and um 
I was like, I was kind of, I was buzzing after that then. So I went off and the race then. And I went off with Abdi, Abdi Ram and he was doing 5.30 a mile. Like, so I was, I was running just, just a little bit faster than a marathon pace, like in uh, what was supposed to be a shakeout run. So after about, about 800 metres in, I said, right, I better, better hold on here because I got a, a marathon to run tomorrow. And then yeah, Gail, yeah. Gail and Rupp came up next to me again. He started asking me where I was from in Ireland and stuff. And I, just, I was just chatting away for them, then for the 5K and I ended up doing it in at Martin Pace, like, so I ended up doing it at um, 5.35 a mile. And um, I was thinking, oh, <laughs> that's not going to affect me tomorrow. Yeah. And, but you know what? It took all the pressure off me um, after, you know, having a day like that, meeting meeting these kind of uh, icons, running icons. Took took all the pressure off me for the race the next day. And um, I think that, was, that definitely helped me, like. I say, just so you were so happy, so relaxed. The endorphins were flying. Yeah, set you up and um, perfect. And and speaking of running celebrities, John, you, you've become a, a bit of a YouTube running celebrity yourself. <laughs> you've got your YouTube channel. Um, how's that going? And I'm fascinated with it because you know it's getting you know a couple of hundred uh, views at least per video. And then I saw for the Chicago Marathon, you, you had a massive spike up to about four and a half thousand views. And what I was going to ask you was just. What made you do the, the the diary, and have have you found that it's helped you with your training, or can something like that, where there's a bit of pressure to produce a video, to edit a video, and get a video out, does it add pressure in any way? Yeah, like when I first started doing it, I had an idea of just doing trails um, around where I was living and stuff and maybe take it on me with trail races because like you you see with Google Maps you can see everywhere but you can't see up in the mountains or on these trails so I said I get the GoPro but I'd say I had the GoPro a week and then COVID kicked in and lockdowns kicked in and everything so (laughs) I got a bad start to it and um, I had to kind of put it off for a while like and we didn't even get to race that much so I, I was just kind of taking my local trails and stuff but like I said, the plan was to kind of strap it up to me and do a few races. Like because I think um it's good for people who are doing the race down the line to see what's what's going to be ahead of them. Like yeah. and um, that that was the whole plan of doing it. And last year I ran when I ran two twenty-nine, like I always wanted to break two thirty. So I did it in London last year. And I found him my motivation was kind of going. So I said, you know what, if I start vlogging about it, I have to I'll have to focus on it and do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that was the only reason. But I started vlogging maybe 15 weeks out. And I remember getting to about um, uh, about 10 weeks to go after the mountain. I was saying, this is tough work. Like, this is a lot of work. Like, you know, and, and um, I was doing a bit of college at the time as well. Like, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely held me back. It's more of it, like, uh, because <laughs> I was falling behind on assignments and stuff because I have to edit videos and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. it can be positive and negative. If you have the time, I think it's it's good. But if you're if you're doing other things, like it, it, it takes a lot more time than you think, you know, to to put yeah. something together. Um, especially my GoPro, it can be finicky sometimes, and I end up losing loads of footage, or <laughs> it just doesn't handle the, the 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 quality very much. Like it's it takes a long time to process the video, but um, I think I'll probably do it again next year, like um. It's uh, it. I like doing it, you know. I like doing it, and it gives people. I suppose it gives my family a chance to see where I'm going and what I'm doing, like because, like, if you think of any runner like yourself and anyone else, like we're running probably every day, and 
people who wouldn't run, they wouldn't have a clue what kind of what we're doing. Like, even though we're amateurs, we'll say we're still probably training as hard as anyone else. Like, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think I just want to give people an, an idea of what what runners actually do. You know, and what yeah. it takes in like. Oh, they're, they're, they're great fun. They're, they really are really enjoyable to watch, John. And, and you mentioned 2023. Um, what's the, what are the big ambitions, John, for next year? Is it to, to get to the last, I think, marathon major on your list, Tokyo? Is it to yeah. keep on chipping away at that marathon time? To maybe to make an Irish senior mountain running team for the world yeah. champs in Austria, I think. Um, I'm, sure you're, I'm sure you're thinking big. Uh, again for next year w- why not after such a great 2022 I don't know I don't know if I can top this year to be honest <laughs> I, I can't even think about it um, but I can, I think I came into last year like that as well it would tire you out thinking about it John trying to do it all again would it I would yeah like like, I'm, like I said I'm very appreciative of anything I achieve in it like um, um, if, if I get to Test uh, another cap. I'll be delighted. Like, and I'll definitely try and I'll work hard towards it. Um, I signed up for Boston. I have an entry for Boston. I won't be doing wow. Tokyo till twenty twenty four because um, I I never signed up this year. I looked at the price of the flights were eight or nine hundred euro, and um, my family want to go with me and my kids and stuff. So yeah. I said I'm not going to do it this year, like because of what was going on. But I signed up for Boston, and um, I know it's on. It's on. It's, it'll probably be on a close time to the, the trial. So. Well, you're gonna to have to see um what kind of dates come out like because um, Boston's on mid-April, and um I'll train for that. And if the trial was on either side of it, you know decisions will have to be made, I suppose. But either way, the fact that Boston's hilly, um, mountain running is gonna to stand to me doing that anyway. So um I'll start off the I'll off twenty twenty three uh um in the mount with my mountain legs on, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, and a bit of cross country, maybe John. Would you do the Masters cross country um, in February? I think it is. I probably will. Look, my my racing is usually based on my shift schedule. I work so in in my five cycle shift. I work two weekends, so I'll be doing day. I'll do nights, and then I'll do days. So the first two weekends of my five cycle shift are first two weekends are gone, and then um, the third weekend I'm coming off nights in the midweek. So I'm kind of. I'm kind of tired when I get into that weekend. Like, even though I'm, it's considered an off weekend, I'm still tired. Like, and so I've only two weekends. And sometimes I might get lucky. A race might fall on the, on my off parts. Like when I can have a chance to get my sleep because I'm usually catching up on sleep. Like, and if the race falls on, if the, if the masters or uh, cross country race is on in the time I'm off, I'll do it. Like I, I generally don't book off days to do races because. I'd have to book off two nights, like, and because it's 12 hours, I'd have to use 24 hours holidays just to do one race. And then chances are I'd have to go to work that night as well. So my, my schedule is really, um, it's really based around um, my work schedule, really. And hopefully- and it's a fireman, John, is it, that you are? No, I just do, I do that in work. Um, we're we're an emergency response team in work, like, so we, we do that training every couple of months, like, just to get refreshed, like, you know. Okay, because I, I think, think I saw a photograph of you somewhere with some type of a fireman uniform on or something. Maybe that's where I got the idea from. Uh, no, we're, like, we're, I'm working in analog devices or to making uh, semiconductors. Um, okay. With microchips and stuff, and just kind of working there in the process and, and um, like I said, long days and I do a lot of my training around work in the industrial state. Like, you know, sometimes you're running four in the morning, like, and um, wow, uh, it's just, I just, I don't get, 
I don't get to rest too much. Like I'd probably rest a lot more if I had a nine to five job, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, whatever you've been doing for the last couple of years, it worked a treat for you this year. And uh, myself, and I'm sure everybody that knows you, is looking forward to seeing what you can do in 2023. And with a bit of luck, John, sure, we might line up maybe beside each other, either in the Masters cross country or if not a trial race for the Irish team next year and, and bring the bring the camera with you and we'll try and do a decent YouTube video or something. I definitely will, yeah, no problem. We might, I might even get a get a few stretching tips off yourself. <laughs> I tell you, I needed them back in 2017. I was a bit broken <laughs> back then, but thankfully I don't need to do them as much anymore. John, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you, mate, and it's an all the very best in 2023. Hopefully see lots more race wins and, and keep on chipping away at the marathon time. I will indeed. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. All the best, John. Well, that's a wrap for this week, everybody. A big thank you to Rene and John for some great running chat this week. I really enjoyed it. And hopefully you guys did too. A nice break for me anyway from changing nappies and the likes here with, with four little people in the house now. Busy, busy, but thankfully still getting out for my runs, with it, which helps keep me sane indeed. Good luck again to all of the new Imrec committee. And as mentioned at the top of the show, they need volunteers for all their great races over the year. So do give it some consideration if you think you might be able to get out to any of the races and I guarantee you you'll have a great time out in the mountains with some great great people have a great week's training everybody Christmas is coming and just a reminder to pop over to Patreon to help to support the Trail Running Ireland podcast if you can everybody get your running gear on let's go Thursday.